Somebody said, praise the Lord. I'm doing this, and it doesn't mean I'm going to watch the clock. It's just heavy. So I'm taking it out of my pocket. It is so good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. It's good to be here. Can I just close up the zipper? Instead of opening it. It is so good to have Bryce Cosme to hear me preach tonight. Where'd he go? Oh, he slipped at the back. He's backing me up. He's always made comments when he was preaching, and he's not preaching. I'm preaching tonight, Brother Cosby. I just want you to know, in case you understood, misunderstood why I was here. I'm not here to talk about announcements. I'm going to preach tonight, Brother Cosby. Love that man. He's a great guy, and it's a great attribute to this church, and I concur with all that God is doing, all that God continues to do in this house. I'm thankful to see baptismal certificates handed out. I'm happy to see people receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I'm excited about what God is doing around the world, but I'm excited about what God's doing with me. Are you happy with what God is doing with you? a master at all that he does. He has taken care of me through the years. Came to this church when I was four. And you're going to have to carry me out one of these days. Don't feel morbid. I read a statistic the other day that said 100% of the people born are going to die. Great statistic. And I wished our politicians was a little bit more like the Apostle Paul and they'd get on the right road to de-mask us. I saw a guy today, I actually saw a guy today he had wore a mask outside so long that it was the, the sunburn or the sun tan or whatever you want to call it showed his mask. I had to look a second time to see if he had a mask on. Now, I want to clarify, though, in all the humor that we do have, I do believe it's serious. And uh, I am vaccinated. I had to use it to get in the hospital twice this week. Uh, so I did for that reason, probably more than anything else. But I think we need to pray for our country. Our country's in turmoil. Our country's in trouble. When, uh, when you see what's happening, you should feel like and believe that the church is still the best thing going. The best thing going. Hallelujah. So I'm here today. And I thank God for the opportunity to still be alive. Somebody said they're glad to see me at my age. It's just good to be seen. But I'm glad to be here. And the honor of preaching to this church has always been a part of me. I started preaching in this church in 1958. I know I don't look well. Maybe I do. 
that it's been a great trip. If I died today, don't mourn for me. Don't weep for me. Weep for your children. Weep for your children. Our world is not going to treat the next generation as good as this world treated me. But God will treat your children much better. Much, much better. Stay in the church. Reading from the book of Luke. Chapter 3. I'm going to skip down to verse 22. And then I'm going to skip from verse 22 to verse 38 to save you standing since you have stood for my remarks. Luke chapter 3, verse 22. And the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, Thou art my beloved Son, in whom. Everybody say, in whom. In whom I am well pleased. Verse number 38. In between these two verses is a lineage of begets, which was the son of, and the son of, and the son of. And I won't take time to read all of that, but verse 38 says, which was the son of Enos, which was the son of Seth, which was the son of Adam, which was the son of God. And from these two verses of Scripture, Thou art my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased, and the son of Adam, which was the son of God. And I'd like to preach to you tonight on the clash of the sons the clash of the sons. What a, what a change between the first man, Adam, and the second man, Adam. And I'd like to preach about it tonight for a little while. Would you lift your voice and ask the Lord to help us today? Savior, we love you and thank you for your word, your truth, and all that goes with it. Be with every heart and every life tonight that we would become what you want us to become, the sons of God. I ask you to help us today, bring your victory out of defeat, do what you can do and do what you're so famous for, I pray, in the name of the Lord. And everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Jesus, thou art my son, Adam, which was a son of God. Jesus became the manifestation of God in the flesh. Though he is a son, he is the father of us all. Malachi said, hath we not one father and hath not one God created us? I'm glad I know who Jesus Christ is today. I have a book in my bookshelf. I collected Harold Bell Wright books for several years. He wrote 19 books beginning back in the 20s or before the 20s. But he wrote a book in 1925 entitled A Son of His Father. It was an interesting book. In fact, the books that was written back then was worth reading. Very clean, wholesome, had a good principle to them. 
and a good point was made in most of his books. It's a story of a son, a son that was in exile of himself, a son that was in exile of the best that he could be, a son that was in exile of the best that he wanted to be and what was in him. It's a story of evil against the good that was in him. He follows the course of the human heart, seeking love, striving for wealth, feeding on hope, but languishing in despair. The battle of what a father can give to his son is portrayed in this book and what a son received as he lived. Adam was the son of his father. He was a son of God because God created him. Born as God's creation, the whole hope and plan of God rested upon his shoulders. In the garden, all Adam had to do was dress the garden. His only job forever and eternity, was to enjoy the creation of God, to dress the garden, to eat well, live well, and not just on Sunday, but not just on Tuesday, but every day in the cool of the evening, the Creator would visit them. What a great change has taken place in our world Eternity flowed through Adam's veins. All he had to do was obey God. That's all he had to do. It was the plan of God that Adam would become what God needed. That's what God wanted. God had created, as the scripture said in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And when you just see the stars every night, there's not a lot of excitement in that. They're there every night, the same place at all times. God said, I want something better than that. So he created Adam. He had created the angels. Some of the angels were ordained only to say, holy, holy, holy. It seems as though all their life was wrapped up in those three words. Other angels were created with the ability to choose, the ability to lead. The three main angels, Gabriel, Michael, and Lucifer, seemed to all had a choice and ability specially given to them. One chose to work against God. He was cast out of heaven other two have stayed with God, and it looks like in the book of Revelations and the final wrap-up of it all that there's going to be a trumpet player and a voice of the angels speaking that's going to help raise the dead with the name of Jesus Christ. Those two angels and all that were with them still exist today. But the enemy of our soul, Lucifer, turned out to be what we call the devil. And let me just say today, I'm not a modern preacher that believes that the devil is a myth. I've experienced the workings of Satan. 
I've experienced the working of Satan and other people. But I can also say that I've experienced the workings of the Holy Ghost. And it overshadows every demonic spirit of our world. The fall of man left a hole in God's plan for what God wanted him to become and really wanted for us. In the book of John chapter 3, he said, If I told you earthly things and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you heavenly things? You better be thankful today that you have a preacher that will preach to you heavenly things. I know we get political once in a while. Your pastor doesn't get very political. It's always me. But I do know that he agrees with me. He better. He's in my will. Will you mow my lawn? Will you wash my... You're in my will. Will you? (laughs) He still believes this message. Never deviated from it. This message is going to save a bunch of people. There's going to be a group in heaven that no man can number. I made up my mind I'm going to be in that number. I said I made up my mind I'm going to be in that number. Oh, hallelujah. When the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. He said if I told you earthly things and you didn't believe it, How are you going to believe heavenly things? That's what's wrong with our world today. All they're interested in is earthly things. They don't care about heavenly things. But this church still believes in heavenly things. Aren't you glad you know who you are? You're not just an ordinary person in the world. You are a son of God. You are a child of the Most High God. And he went on to say, No man hath ascended up into heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And the way that's worded lets us know that he wasn't just on earth, but he was in heaven also. And I'm not going down this vein today, but just to remind you that Jesus Christ was the manifestation of an omnipresent Spirit of God. And the Spirit that was in him when he was baptized and said, This is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. That omnipresent spirit of God was in that body. And I'm here to preach to you just a little bit that you better have that same spirit in you because that's what's going to resurrect you. That's what's going to rapture you if you're alive. That's why we still believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues as the spirit of God gives the utterance. We baptized Briley the other night. We baptized her in Jesus' name. She was one of those seven that received the baptism of the Holy Ghost in our chapel service. Aren't you glad that our children can receive the Holy Ghost? She received the Holy Ghost and said, You know, I really was talking in tongues, but one thing I know, if you open your eyes, you lose it. (laughs) She's... (laughs) Our kids can have what we have. And this church will be what our kids are. It will. If they don't have it in their spirit, it won't last. But when they get the Holy Ghost as a child, it'll last. Because we have a Sunday school, we have a school, we have a youth department, and our young people are feeling the experience of God every day. 
I'm preaching to you tonight about the clash of sons. The Bible said God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I'm glad I know who Jesus is today. I know that I'm a son, but I am a son of an earthly father. But when I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I became a son of God. Not just an ordinary person, but the son of God. I don't know whether we can really grasp that. I can't totally grasp it. But I am a son of the richest man in the universe. I am the son of the richest man of all of God's creation. And I'm in his will. I'm in his plan. God so loved the world. The verse that goes with that is verse 18. He believeth on me is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. He's the only begotten Son of God. There has to be a begetter. I'm not going to preach on oneness tonight, but I'm just doing, using these scriptures to help you know where I'm going, and I'm not through. I'm not even preaching yet, so hang on. Fasten your seatbelts. I do not believe in the name of Adam for a saving name. I believe in the name of Jesus Christ for a saving name. He said, and this is the condemnation that light has come into the world, and men love darkness. They love darkness. They hated light because their deeds were evil. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest that they were wrought in God. It was always God's plan that we have eternal life. I'm so glad we got a little taste of it tonight. I'm so glad we felt a little bit of eternal life tonight. God broke a little bit of eternity off and called it time, and we're living in that time, but we felt a little bit of eternity tonight. We felt the glory of God tonight. During Jesus' most spiritual times, Satan came. When he was the most spiritual, having fasted 40 days, Satan came, tried to destroy him. Before I really get into the text of our lesson, I want you to know that the more spiritual you get, the more battles you're going to fight. Now, don't stay carnal to stay out of the fight. Recognize that your victory depends on your spirituality. If you lose the fight, you have no fight left in you, and the devil has won. I claim to proclaim tonight the devil's not going to win us. He's not going to overcome in this place. We have something greater than the world has. And we have something to offer a world tonight. Oh, hallelujah. The clash of the sons became more evident when Jesus was born. During Jesus' most spiritual times, the devil came and tried to fight him. And I want to just remind you that as you become more engrossed and more involved with God, the enemy wants to destroy your family, wants to destroy your home, wants to destroy your children. But I think it's time that church becomes more important than anything in the world today. We need God today more than we needed God when I was a child. Our children, our grandchildren need the Holy Ghost today more than I needed it. 
Not because it's more powerful today, but the world is more powerful. The influence of the world upon us is more powerful. I think worship time is the most beautiful part of a service till preaching comes. Because our worship is what ties us together with God. When the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Now, I have an earthly father, but I was born again of the water and the spirit. And the Bible said, without me going there, you can look it up, that he has adopted our bodies. Brother Gary Newton, if you'd just help me, and you don't have to come if you don't want to, but if you're here, where's little Gary Newton? There he is. Come help me. In case you did not know, this man's in my will. Will you wash my car? Will you mow my grass? You're young enough. You didn't need my help. In case you didn't know it, but this man was adopted by a great family in our church when he was a baby. I don't know what he knows. I didn't ask him what he knows about his birth parents. But I just want you to know he's thankful for his adopted parents. His adopted parents brought him truth. His adopted parents raised him in church. His adopted parents gave him a chance in life when maybe there was not as good a chance as it was that his adopted parents gave him. It would be a sad day if he decided to leave his adopted family and go back and try to search a family that has offered him nothing. I don't know of the details, so if I'm saying something wrong, you just forgive me because the point's the same. He's living for God today because he was adopted into a family that loves God. I would hate to see him get out of that family. But you know what some people are doing after they've been adopted into this great family of God? They go back to the weak and beggarly elements of the world. And the clash of sons have got a hold of them. God is pulling them on one side. The Son of God has redeemed them on one side. But the enemy's trying his best to destroy them. Thank God for men that can stand and say, adoption works. Abortion's not the answer. Abortion is not the answer. Adoption works. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Here we have a man. I don't know what would have happened to him. I have no way of knowing. But I know one thing. He sings for the glory of God. He's in the house of God because he was born again of the Spirit. And God adopted him into his family. And we're happy about it. I refuse to go back to my earthly life. I've been adopted into this great family. My worldly life would be shouting at a ball game, but I'm shouting in the house of God. My earthly life, it was not connected to God, would have been drinking or drugging or something else, but now I'm drinking from a different fountain. Let me just remind you, the son of Lucifer, the world and all will destroy you. The Bible said concerning Jesus, he was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. The sad thing about the world today, 
they don't really know what they're missing. If they would be in church tonight, they would have felt the creator. They would have felt the opportunity to become a new creation where God creates them anew. He came to his own, and his own received him not. There's something stirring in my spirit today that our world, political leaders, and society as a whole, they're not going back to church. They're not going to church at all. But we still go to church. Look at a Sunday night crowd representing this town from all over this town. You are the children of the Almighty God. You have a reason to be here tonight. And when he comes together with us, we don't reject him. When he came to his own, they didn't receive him. But the Bible goes on to say, but as many as did receive him, to them, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name. Aren't you glad you believed on his name? Which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, or the will of man, but of God. We have been born of God. Therefore, we are the sons of God. I don't know what that does to you, but I can't wait to get my inheritance. I told my kids the other day, I changed my, my, my little trust around, and I said, I'm going to spend it all. It's like the man told his attorney to meet with the family, read my will. He got them together and he said, your father wanted me to read his will. I, John Doe, being of a right mind, spent it all. One lady, he told his wife, he said, now I'm fixing to die, so put all, all of our precious stones and our metal and wealth in a suitcase and put it in the attic and I'll get it on my way out. She didn't have the nerve to look for three months. She got up there and looked and it's still there. She said, I knew I should have put it in the basement. If you think this world's going to give you anything, you've got another thought coming. But if you don't understand what God's going to give you, let me help you tonight. You are a child of God. And you are his inheritance in the earth today. Everything that God has belongs to his church. Somebody ought to shout with me and understand who you are. The clash of the sons of God. Oh yeah, the clash is going on right now. Some of you have felt the clash this week. Some of you felt temptation. Somebody felt failure. Somebody went away today. But somewhere in God's great plan, he said all you have to do is say, give me grace. Forgive me, God. Oh, what a father we have. What a great bunch of children of God. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 1 said, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. They don't know who Jesus really is. It's interesting that politicians want to use Scripture when they're trying to get elected and deny Scripture after they're elected. Oh, yeah. They're the best people to promote God, praying, everything, even, even funerals of, of politicians, they pray. Why don't you pray while you're alive? Why don't you pray while you're in office? 
Why don't you pray for our country, Mr. President, instead of running our, pres our country down? It's time for the church to step up to the plate and become the sons of God in a world of confusion. Aren't you glad you know who you are? Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Heaven's not a small place. There's 3,600,000,000 cubic miles, cubic miles in heaven. Heaven's not a small place. There's room for everybody. There's room for you tonight in this building. There's room at the cross for you. And there's room in heaven for you. Every man that hath this hope in him purifies himself, even as he is pure. Therefore, listen to this. Therefore, brethren, in Romans 8, 12, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. You have no reason to live after the flesh. You have no reason to be in the world. You have every reason to be in the house of God because he called you out of that world. For if we live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you live through the Spirit, do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. Listen to this. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. I'm preaching to you about the clash of sons. Lucifer entered into the picture and adopted Adam, took him out of the original plan, and he became a servant of Lucifer for those days. I hope he's saved. I have no way of knowing all the details of God's plan in that. But I know one thing. I refuse to be led astray by the son of perdition. I refuse to be led astray by the world. I hear, I'm here because I want to live for God. But as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Listen to your spirit full of the Holy Ghost. Listen to preaching that is preached to you and be led of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. I loved my father. In a few days, my father will have an earthly birthday. He received the Holy Ghost when he was eight years of age on a dirt floor in Turlock, California. He lived for God, was in this church most of his adult life. I came to this church when I was four, and I thank God that I've lived for God in this church. I love God. I love people of God. I refuse to backslide. I really thought I'd have a rounding response from that. I refuse to backslide. I refuse to give in to the world. I refuse to give in to the devil. I'm crying, Abba, Father. I'm crying, I love you, Jesus, because I am a son of God. 
The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. We are not the children of disobedience. We're the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. You have everything in your favor in the future. You may be going through a trial right now. You may be in debt right now. You may be in trouble with the law right now. You may be in trouble with society right now. But let me tell you, you're a son of God. You belong to him and he belongs to you. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. And verse number 19. My, this gets so rich. Romans 8 and verse number 19. It is so rich to me. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. I wish our world was as excited about living for God as we are. Because God has done so much for us. Miracles in this place. Blessings in this place. Are you ready to receive it, the song said? Every time you come to the house of God, you are presenting yourself to the Lord. You are offering him a sacrifice for the creature. Verse 20, was made subject to vanity. You're made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope. You are facing temptation because God hopes that you'll overcome it. You're subject to temptation because God wants you to become better. Why not say no to the world? Why not say no to the devil and say yes to Jesus Christ? Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. I know what you're hearing is old hat right now. I know that you know that you're a child of God. I know that you know that you're children of God. But we have what the world is looking for. It doesn't take much for somebody that's down and out to know they need some help. But they don't know about the church like we know about the church. Aren't you glad you're in the church today? <laughs> Philippians chapter 2. I'm going to preach it a little bit. Hang on. Philippians chapter 2 verse 15. That ye may be blameless and harmless the sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom ye shine as lights in the world. I'm trying to help you see tonight. You're not just an ordinary person. When God, when God created the stars, the sun and the moon that shine and reflect the sunshine, he wants you to shine as lights in a world today that is so dark and getting darker all the time. I came to preach to you tonight. You need to get out of the backwoods of religion and get into the mansions of glory. You need to get out of the world of confusion and come where God has delivered you out of a crooked and perverse generation that doesn't know God 
but you're going to shine bright. No wonder somebody came to me tonight and said they met somebody today or yesterday, the last few days, and they saw them and said, do you go to Brother Frost's church? I'm telling you, the world is looking for what you are. If I could begin to preach to you just for the next little while, I just want to encourage you to know the world is looking for what you have. You need to shine bright. You need to square your shoulders and sink your heels and say, I'm a son of God. I belong to Jesus, and Jesus belongs to me. I'm not here because of my good looks. I'm not here because I'm so good. I'm here because he is good, and he gave to me what I have. He gave to me what I have. In the book of Genesis, it speaks about the sons of God and the daughters of men, and there's some teaching on that that I disagree with. But the Bible said, and it came to pass, when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair and they took them wives of all which they would choose. My Bible teaches me that angels do not marry. The inference is that they're not begetters. Jesus said these words in the book of Matthew chapter 22. Jesus answered and said unto them, you do err, not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God. For in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are as the angels of God in heaven. Even Hebrews wrote, Unto which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my son? The sons of God are the righteous seed of Seth. The sons of God belong to the righteous side of things. In Judaism, they believed the sons of God were the sons of Seth because Seth began to cry and call on the name of the Lord. There was a day in the book of Job, and in the book of Job, they say it was written probably in four, between four and the seventh thousand years or generation before Christ. Written somewhere maybe about the time of Moses' life, the 4th century to the 7th century B.C. The Bible said that Job must not have been there that day because it says the sons of God came before the Lord. They came to present themselves before the Lord. I've never seen where Satan wants to present himself to the Lord. I see where he goes to be in the presence of God, but he's there to accuse, make light, make fun of you. You know what worship does? You know what worship really does? When you get to worshiping God, all hell has to leave this building. Because Satan cannot present himself to God. I came to present myself to God tonight. I came because I needed something in my spirit. I came because I need the Holy Ghost. I'm just a sinner saved by the grace and mercy of Almighty God. Job chapter 1 said, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. 
Judaism says that's the sons of Seth or the righteous children of God. In Revelation, the angel of the church referred to the pastor, and our pastor certainly not a son of Lucifer. But it also says Satan came also. And just before I begin to preach, and when I preach it, I'm only going to preach a few minutes, so you better hang on to it once I hit the point. When we come to church, Satan comes also. That's the clash of the sons of God. Here we are today. I don't know whether you really realize what's happening tonight. Satan is being rebuked every time you lift a hand to God. Every time you open your mouth to worship God. Every time you live a holy and a godly life, Satan is rebuked. When we come to present ourselves to the presence of the Lord, we have come to worship him. We have come to present our life as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto him. And Satan is rebuked. And Satan is cast out. I rebuke the spirit of doubt right now. Let me tell you, you can be a son of God tonight. You can have the baptism of the Holy Ghost tonight. You can be healed tonight because we are presenting ourselves to God. So the Lord said, does Job fear me for not? We don't serve God for no reason. There is a reason. There's a hope that maketh not ashamed. When the sons of God presented themselves to God, it is the righteous people of God presenting themselves as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. In Job 38 and 7, God asked Job, where were you when the sons of God shouted for joy? Job should have been there. I don't know where he was. Maybe he was caught up in the successes of his life and business. But he wasn't there when the sons of God presented themselves to the Lord. I'm not worried about whether it was in heaven or earth. But I want to stress to you what you came to do tonight is to present yourself to God. I'm not worthy. I don't belong to be in my carnal state. But I want you to know I come to present myself to you today because you called me out of a world of confusion. I came to shout with joy right now because God has saved me out of a world of confusion. It's time for us to recognize who we are. We're the sons of God, and we have come tonight to present ourselves to God. I'm asking you, where were you when the sons of God shouted for joy? Where was you in the worship service in the church? If you were in the worship service, I'm not talking about the building. I'm talking about in the worship service. Was you worshiping God? Was you presenting yourself to God? Did you come tonight to present yourself to God? Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. Don't be a coward. 
Stand and rejoice and shout with the children of God and be in the house of God and shout for joy because God has saved you. Come on. God has saved you. The devil is defeated. The devil is defeated. I said the devil is defeated. Come on, children of God. Where were you when somebody got the Holy Ghost? Where were you when somebody was healed? We're shouting for joy. Where were you when your children got the Holy Ghost? We're shouting for joy. Go ahead. That's what God wants. He wants you to know you're here shouting with the children of God. He wants to hear you shout for joy. Job, where were you when the sons of God shouted for joy? Where are you, church? Are you shouting for joy right now? Is anybody in this house excited because of the Holy Ghost? Is anybody in this house ready to receive what God has for the remainder of this service? I don't know about you, but right now, I feel the power of God so strong that somebody could walk out of their pew and walk down this aisle into this well right now and receive what you came to receive. I challenge you to shout for joy as you make your way to the front of this congregation. Where were you when the sons of God shouted for joy? Where were you when the church went to the well? Where were you when the church had revival? Where were you when you needed something from God and you were so far away from God you didn't know how to find your way back? But somebody's finding their way back. Oh, yes. I'm watching right now. I'm looking for somebody. The Lord. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, looking for those he can make himself strong in their behalf. The Lord's looking for somebody right now that will shout for joy with the sons of God. Oh, no. We're not going to shout in a football game but we're going to shout in the house of God. Where were you when the sons of God came to worship and came to present themselves to God? We're the children of God. Somebody lift your voice together. Somebody lift your voice together right now. Shout with the voice of triumph. You are the children of the most high God. Oh, oh, oh yes. I didn't see him, but I just tell you, the devil just walked out the door. The children of disobedience have just gone on vacation, but the sons of God are shouting for joy.
This is what happens when the presence of God works. And this is what happens when the children of God shout for joy. Something happens. I don't know where it's happening right now. I don't know who's feeling it right now. I don't know what you're going to receive. But we're going to hear about it when God says, you were there when the sons of God shouted for joy. Oh my, all the way to the back, from one side to the other, all the way to the front, somebody is shouting for joy because you are a son of God. You belong to Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Something's happening in the spirit world right now. Something's happening in the Holy Ghost right now because the sons of God have come to present themselves to the Lord. joy let heaven hear your response let heaven hear what you what he's done for you let heaven hear when you're proud to be who you are you're the son of God you're the son of God you belong to him you belong to him you belong to him. You belong to him. You're his child. Stop. 